Welcome to Diverse City Church Sermons. We hope that you enjoy this week's message.
person of the Lord in God's presence to say, I am your true God, and my Father is the God of Jacob. I just feel that may be a sufficient illustration to help us understand this. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine, we have to take this from a historical context. All throughout the Bible, over and over, Jesus, or God's Son, talks about he's the vine, we're the branches. We're to be a branch of God. However, through Mark chapter 7, through the upper room, through chapter 3, everyone that tries to be that vine and stay in the right position with God continues to go to fail. We even mentioned it in Isaiah chapter 5 is that Israel actually became unfruitful and that everything that we try to do, we continuously rebel. So when you think about I am the true vine, the main thing that sticks out to me in this text is that God is concerned about our connection. What are the things that you're connected to? Now, he says true vine because we live in an age today where there's false connection. We live in an age today where there's continue to watch the news over and over again, you see a new material trying to contrary the truth, which is the word and the living God. So, yes, alright, cool. So next one, which made, made me think about it, I'm not sure if you guys ever heard of it, but back in 2012, there was an app that kind of came out, and it was called Divine. Anybody ever heard of that? The app Divine? Alright, cool. Yeah. So, the thing about Divine, just to Divine started in 2012. It was an accident that came up where um, someone was recording a video and made a mistake on their phone and then basically posted the video with the link and it went viral. So the vines were designed, the app was a six second video for you to be able to download the app, kind of do a little selfie, record, and basically it became the fastest growing app of 2012. In 2013, um, the trend began to explode, and Twitter actually surfaced it. And so with that, you were able to post and link your videos. However, through different challenges, and only being six seconds, there's only so much content you can do. The app continued to fail slowly, imploding, due to inappropriate content, just because there was no barriers of entry to be able to show what was going on. Also, the app began to fail because of Facebook, and Instagram was able to capitalize off of their, their initial plan and create more videos with live streaming, Periscope, and be able to expand beyond the six seconds. So as a result, in 2017, January 2017, the Vine app began to close because it wasn't profitable enough. It had reached its max. It had reached its potential. It had no roots. It was short-term and they were able to take advantage and expand. So when I look at that and kind of compare it to the Bible, I think about what are the things that we look at? What are the entertainment that we like to see in our life that we think is a true vine that is short-term, such as social media? Who got Facebook? Don't be lying, don't change the devil. Facebook, Instagram, who likes YouTube? This is one symbol 
of, <laughs> of false vines. Isn't it interesting when people post on Facebook, they only post the highlight reels? Or is that just me? You only see the good pictures, you see pictures on the beach, you see long posts about happy anniversary, happy birthday. The next thing you know, people getting divorces, you have all kind of crazy stuff, congratulating other folks, doing and showing things that are only temporal for more likes and more comments. Social media, what are the things, what are the entertainments in your life that are connecting you, that is plugging into your socket, that's not allowing you to plug into God? The studies show that the average person spends four to six hours a day on entertainment, whether it's through TV, whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through social media, whether you're posting or not, or just being a troll where you're concerned and you're worried about missing out what's going on in other people's life, where most of their material is not even real. Or number two, what about education? You thought, okay, I didn't get this job, I'm gonna go back to school, or I'm gonna get this information, I'm gonna take this online class, and you get consumed with all of this knowledge, but it's contrary to the truth. Even thinking about me, wait, I have a confession. First time ever saying this in St. Louis. I'm hot, I gotta take off my jacket. <laughs> Much better, hallelujah. You go away for two weeks and you start getting some sun. Thank you, Lord. Information, so I try to, in my own life, put my source in my education. So. Um, Another confession, I was on the five-year college plan. So first I went to school for pharmacy, you know, wanted to go because I knew if I become a pharmacist, I could make 125,000 and my life is gonna be secure. However, second year of college, got into chemistry and I said, I can't do it, Lord. So I wanna change my major, my major. So I went to another source. I talked to my mama and mama said, hey, I'm a nurse. How about you do nursing? So I switched my major then for the next two years, I'm doing nursing, all of the anatomy, uh, microbiology, physiology, all that good stuff. All of the education stuff was good. Then I get into the nursing programs. Now we move from theory to practical. Now I was doing well until the first day we went to the nursing home. Now, can't go into all the details, but let's just say there was a form of malpractice by me. So I hit this rock in a hard place, and then I go back and I say, oh Lord, I gotta meet with my pastor, get some counseling. And then basically I changed, he began to ask these questions. What are the things you're good at? You've always liked the math, you always like your numbers, you like to help people. And then I finally changed my major to finance and was able to graduate with straight A's once I moved over, but struggled trying to do other things. So it was God being able to show and reposition myself, not necessarily doing what mama said, not necessarily doing what entertainment says, but really getting his direction for my life. And then number three, we got a heart, gotta bring this up, relationships. Now, we do have young people in here, and some relationships was only six seconds and went in loop like a vine. But I'm not gonna go any further than that. But who are the people that are in your crowd? 
who are the people that are influencing you? Who are the people that you're connected to that you can come to church and then Monday morning already got you gossiping? Already have you wasting your witnesses? We get caught up in these different things with relational vines and we're frustrated. And you see even some people, some of us had an extra pep in our step for Easter. We came in here smiling because your boo finally came to church, you know. <laughs> we came in here. I can't say the specific person, but it just had a limp to it real quick. I thought he was going to do the Carlton. Just, it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. No. You used to call me on my, no, never mind. All right. But when you get married, you can do more like me and start writing new songs. And Allie gets the giggles when I do this. I like to change songs and make it up. And I just go, <laughs> you ever heard the um, With a Nene Marriage Remix? All right. I make her whip, she make me nay-nay. I make her whip, whip, she make me nay-nay. And I say, ooh, wifey, wifey, ooh, wifey, wifey, ooh. All right, I'm done. Back in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. False sources, true vines, hallelujah. It's kind of like this, you know, tree over here, right? We look at this tree. This is guy. This is a fake tree. You know. No matter if you connect into this one, you take your branch and connect into this one. Nothing will happen. Nothing will change. It was interesting. Like you can spray water on it. If it ain't much here, you can get some. That's what we got over here. Windex, glass cleaner. You know. Let's see. I'm sorry, Jeremy. This Jeremy tree. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you know, we got the good old-fashioned soap, want to be clean. However, whatever you spray, this is still a fake source. You get connected over and over again from person to person, from thing to thing, and it continues to add no value to your life. All right, I got to go. Next verse. Verse number two. Woo, 1139. Check this out. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may be more fruitful. So in this verse, God is trying to say, I want you to have my character. Not your personality. We're at diversity. Diversity. You're unique. Your experiences got you where, where you are. But God wants you to have his character. So when you look at, and you can go to the next one, there's three things that kind of stand out to me and just want for a point of clarification. The first part. <laughs> bam. There it is. It says, every branch of me does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, 
when I first read this verse, I thought this was a matter of eternal security. I thought, oh man, if I don't do right, you know, God's going to throw me away. God's going to, he's going to send me to hell or God is going to take me away to heaven right now. He said, oh, you failed on your purpose. I'm just going to take you away. However, when you study the take away, it actually means to lift up. So what God is trying to say here is that, and this, this tree was looking so good yesterday, but anyway, when you're not bearing fruit, God wants to lift you up. God wants to lift you up because maybe you're not getting enough sun. Maybe you're not getting enough water. Maybe you're not getting enough um, nourishment in your life because God is a God of compassion. Look all through the Gospels from the lady at the woman of well, the blind man, from being raised from the dead, but God comes to lift you up. But what the enemy tries to do, as us being the branches, he wants to just keep us down. Now, oh, I forgot about this one. Look at this one right here, right? Look how big this branch is. Now, you would think that this comes from a pretty big tree. This comes from something that's been much bigger than what either one of these trees can do. But if you're not connected to the vine, the devil comes to break you and he comes to keep us down over and over again. And then when you're down like this, he'll come, he'll break it up a little more. He sends depression, break you up even more. Low self-esteem, break you up even more. Debt break you up, and then to the point, you're smaller than these branches here. But when God says, when you come back to me, he comes to lift you up again. Amen? Has anybody in here been lifted up? Y'all better give me something today. Who's been lifted up? Matter of fact, if you can be honest, God found me on the ground. It wasn't when things were going well when I wanted to connect to the vine. It was when I was in my sin. It was when I had my issues. And God comes to sweep you up, but you got to be connected. Amen. Next part. You go to the next one. Check this out. Verse 2, as we said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But this right here had me tripping. Like tripping for real though. Every branch that bears fruit... He prunes. Now, I thought if I was bearing fruit, we good. Leave me alone, right? Isn't that what you told me to do, to help and to serve your people? But he said he comes to prune. Now, God's pruning is not like your boss's pruning. God's pruning is not like your spouse pruning. He's not keeping score. He's not doing this out of judgment. As we said, we never know how much it costs to lay his sins on the cross. He doesn't have an attitude with us, but his pruning is about changing and training. His pruning, that was the cue, is about changing and training. God's purpose, God's pruning 
is always done with a purpose. So in this life, in our walk with Christ, there's, we never arrive. There's always something that we got to get better in. There's always our attitude, our pride, the internal sins, the external sins. There's always something that he wants to do, but he only prunes if he's got some more potential for you in your life. So sometimes we try to neglect, sometimes we try to run from God's pruning, but his pruning is trying to get you to where you need to go. We can get to the next one. Is it? Go. So another part of pruning is that some of us, we just got a little bit too much going on. We got too many things that we're trying to carry, too many burdens that we're trying to handle, that we even come to church and you can barely walk because you got all of this. You got team mom, you trying to run your own business, you're trying to work two jobs, you're trying to serve in every ministry, and God's formula says less is greater than more. Better to do one thing great than to do three things at an average level. Better to be single and whole than to go bed to bed and be thirsty. Better to have one great marriage than three non-committal relationships. Better to have one great job that supports work-life balance versus chasing ambition and more money. And just another thing we're pruning is that just because something has been approved, it doesn't mean God has co-signed on your purchase. All right, we got to talk about debt. We got to talk about money. Now, some of us have bought cars, and we had intentions to buy something used, maybe $10,000, and we get to the lot, and you say, oh, my God, it's a miracle. I can get me a BMW, and you said, God opened the door. No, 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 that was not God. God may approve you for a house of $500,000, but he did, it may get approved, but God did not co-sign on that. What are the things in your life that you need to cut down on? So I'll even put myself on a chopping block, even me coming to St. Louis. This has been a three-year process in the making, right? We were talking with Pastor Ray in, 20, in 2014 about the potential of us coming. And we were all excited. We're going to do this. And the next thing you know, my life had too many buckets in it. My career, you know, trying to be a manager, hit that six figures before I become 30, I just bought me a house. It was nice. It was beautiful. My wife was pregnant with, or David was on the way. And it got to the point where I said, I'm not leaving Florida. I, I mean, God is good. Hallelujah. We'll do ministry right here in Florida. And it took three years for God to prune several things. One, finally sold the house. Number two, finally got the babies here, everything being okay. Number three, 
He took my focus off of being the career man and said, you need to focus on doing my work. And to the point where we just leaned out every area and aspect of our life, and to the point where it was just three years, I thought we would be serving in another ministry. Everything was starting to line up. And then this opportunity came up. Next slide. <laughs> this opportunity came up, and I was ready to go. This opportunity came up, and I was tripping. This opportunity came up, and I was ready to receive. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 to lay aside every weight and sin which so which clings so what and sin which clings so closely and let us run this and run with endurance the race that is set before us now most of us in here don't have a sin problem we just got a weight problem we add so many things that are going on in our life with pastor ray being in kenya they're not talking about prosperity gospel they're not talking about how to get this house, how to get this car, how for you to get to the next level and advancements in your life. Pastor Ray is just going and just saying, stay connected. Pastor Ray is going to preach over there to say, get connected to the vine. Listen, <laughs> there is, American Christianity is so much different. If you've been on a mission trip, it would change your life. I was talking to Pastor Ray and he was saying they were getting ready to eat dinner and, um, they asked him if, they, if he wanted some chicken. And I was like, chicken? Yeah, cool, I'll get me some chicken. So the person went outside, went to the chicken coop, caught that neck, scanned the chicken, and all the other process, because I don't know anything else, because I can't cook, deep fried it, fried it over again, and next thing you know, he was eating chicken. Now, for a lot of us, we would say, no way, Jose. That, we can't. I can't do that, nah, nah. But we get so caught up in these other things that really don't even matter. If you can truly be honest, at the end of the day, if your relationship with God is flawed, what do you have? We have to, we're f so focused on majoring in the minor and to the point that we minor in the major. So, if you can go to the next one real quick, so I don't lose my spot. So check this out. I've been through all of these cycles. I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys can identify it. Top left, always running, you're on your hustle and bustle, but look at the kid's face. You can't even see the daughter's face. You got clock, you got food over here, and you're trying to run. Get to the next thing, get to the next quick assignment, get to the next item. Or number two, where you got this guy working out, doing his work, making money, but with six arms, to the point where we have to have a realization that sometimes we get like the bottom area, where you got everything going on and you look at your to-do list and you say, man, something ain't right. Or the bottom over here, you can't read it, but they say, hey, can somebody help me over here? Because you get buried with so many things and God is trying to... So... God gave me this revelation last night, <clears throat> and it was one word, and I got to teach everybody this word. Y'all ready? All right, so when you say it, you got to, like, get your teeth together, lift up your upper lip, and then project your voice wide. So 
And the word was, no! No! No. We got to get better at saying no. If you learn how to say no, then when God starts speaking, you can finally say yes. No. Because what happens, people see your anointing, they see you're working for God, and they could keep piling stuff on you. Your family wants you to do this. Your friends want you to do that. This person, you want you to do that. And we have to be able to pause, stop it, and just lift up that upper lip and say no. Can I hear you? No. One more time. I like that. Sharon felt that. And you're saying no because when God comes, you want to say? Some of y'all are still hesitant to say yes to God. Y'all said no louder than yes. So you can say what to God? Yes! All right. Good. Next. Then the last part, verse number two. And look at me trying to be ambitious. There's no way I'm going to get through all of this. And the last part, it says, that we may be able to bear more fruit. God is a God of increase. God is a God of expansion. And he wants to be able to see you to go higher. There's new realms. There's new dimensions that you haven't been able to experience. And then there's more fruit that we need to be able to serve to his people to be able to serve to the community. There's more fruit that we need to grow. So when you get cut off, when you go home, you don't respond in the flesh, but the fruit of the spirit of long suffering will come into play. All right, let's go. We're gonna move a little bit faster. Verse number three, and it says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So the essence of this verse it talks about us being cleansed, right? Most of us, our BC days are longer than our AD days. <laughs> we've been in the world much longer than that we've been born. And it's from the renewing of the word. It's from the transformative power of what God has to say to you. It's how you're able to be able to move forward. So if you jump to number 18, my old pastor used to say this. And um, when he first said it, I didn't get it. And now it makes perfect sense. It says, check this out. You are saved. You are being saved. And you shall be saved. So with that, it's kind of, you are saved, right? That's level one, right? Coming from the bottom. Started from the bottom now. Saved. You are saved. Once you come to the altar, make that confession. You're right there. You are being saved. That's the cleansing process. You read, you pray, you study, you come to the word. That's the cleansing. You are being saved. The way you were saved before you got here, hopefully through the word, you've been challenged to be able to change and transform. And you shall be saved. That's when he comes back on that wonderful day and we're all going up to glory. You are saved. You are being saved, and you shall be saved. So <clears throat> the part of this cleansing, it's kind of like the four parables, right? Everyone knows the story. It talks about, you know, in a congregation, theoretically, 
25% of the people actually catch the word. The first one, uh, when you'll be able to see, it talks about the, the, the parable of the path, right? So your own personal soil, God will drop seeds on you, and then guess what? Other people, other animals, other distractions become to eat it away. The second path, it talks about the thorns, that as um, you hear the word in your ears, and before it even can get to your heart, you're not cleansed enough that the word begins to choke it out. And then the third one, it talks about um, being on the rocks. As it comes, it continues to bounce off. And as you see with the picture, there's only one area that actually has fruit. That's the good soil. And that comes through that cleaning and that transformation process. So verse number four. And we're going, okay, 11.57. All right. Verse number four. We got to get ready to wrap up. Can I keep going? Y'all good? I didn't even make it back to verse five. Verse number four. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So, Verse 1 through 3 is about just relationship and, you know, what God is offering to us, and we just got to kind of plug in. Now we're shifting gears, and God is putting responsibility on us. This verse is all about commitment, not commitment to church, not commitment to the pastor, but your commitment to God. Your next assignment may send you to Florida. but your commitment to God. So we have to make sure that we just don't settle with verse one, two, and three. You're getting cleansed, you're getting the word, and then you become like a Pharisee. Where, like a Pharisee, where you become judgmental, like a Pharisee, when you become neglecting, and you're just studying to be able to hold everybody else accountable. But with this abiding, the thing I like about this, the commitment, it gives us the power of choice. Everybody say choice. So in Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, which means you got to pick it, between blessings and curses. Now I'll call to heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life, said you and your descendants might live. So the power of choice, we're different from angels. We're, we're free moral agents. God has given us the ability to be able to make our own decisions. Sometimes we try to put it on the devil, the reason your electricity got cut off, but it was your choices. Sometimes we try to put it on our boss that we got fired, but honest, if we can be honest, it was your choice. You showed up late, and you wanted three 15-minute breaks, not two. It's our choices that gets us caught up in the wrong thing, or the inability to choose right. It's kind of like drifting. In our Christian walk, not doing anything is still doing something. Now, 
Some of you have maybe not been to the beach, but for me, a Florida resident, I'm able to go all the time. Now, if you go on the shore, just say, you know, this is a tree, and you're connected to God. Not doing anything that's saying, you know, you're backing up. Sitting in the currents, currents come again, you're backing up. Currents come again, you're backing up. And that's saying, you know, you all the way down here, and you can't hear from God. And you're trying to figure out why you're not growing any fruit. You're trying to figure out why you feel like a dead branch. You're trying to figure out, man, I can't hear from God. Why is he not speaking to me? It's because you drifted away. What it, what it comes from the moments of binge watching your new show versus actually reading the word. It comes from choosing to do anything and neglect God. Oh, man, I only got time to do a quick prayer. It's going to be six seconds, and I got to go. Drifting, it has to, it's like Christianity is like an upward stream. You're always kind of swimming up, getting closer. And if you're not swimming and taking an active pursuit towards him, you will drift away. You'll wake up and you'll say, how did this happen? So <clears throat> with this, it's about roots. When you're abiding in Christ, it's about our personal relationship. It's about our personal commitment to him. It's a love, it's a tangible experience that I truly desire within my heart that I want to be more like him. You can go to the next one. So <clears throat> what happens sometimes is that we want instant gratification. We want instant results. And God is only hot for three months, and then if you're not seeing the fruit of your labor, you give up. Now, what's interesting, you kind of look at this picture, that the roots is much deeper than what you can see at the top. Now, studies have shown from doing some research on trees um, and on vineyards that it takes about an average of three years for you to be able to start producing fruit. Three years, and if you're trying to produce wine, it actually takes a minimum of five. And as we all, well, for the unsaved folks that like to drink wine, as we all know, the longer the wine preserves, the longer the wine takes roots, the better it tastes. And that's what God is trying to do with us. Give us nourishment. Give us, give us the desires that we need. But sometimes we give up too soon. Like, if you think you would put a three-year commitment, you can pretty much do anything in a three- or four-year commitment. Right now, if you want to start, four years, you can have a degree. Right now, in three, four years, you start, you can probably do a business. It says the average person, if you study for 1,000 hours in anything, you're basically an expert. But what happens, we do a little bit over here, we do a little bit over there, we do a little bit over there, we come to Diverse City, if I'm not preaching... And if I'm not preaching in a month, then you're ready to leave the church. You're mad at pastor, and you grow frustrated. And what God is saying, I'm trying to get your roots strong. Because if you just plug in from the beginning, you'd be like, this truth. This is actually preaching my message. This tree, when we brought it in here yesterday, was bright green. It was looking good. And over one day, connected from the roots. One day with no nourishment. This is what you got here. 
What are you expecting gonna happen with this? What's probably the next steps? It's gonna be like that. One day, I came in, I was like, what? One day, if it happens to a tree, what happens to your relationship with God? Do you put a priority on spending time with him? Is he more than your God that he actually becomes your Lord? Because there's a difference. God is just like, it's just a thing to do. It's Sunday. We're going to check the box. We're going to kick it. Then we're going to go home. We may miss the first half of the basketball game. But we get home, we're all cool. But when he's your Lord, you get fully engaged that his ways becomes your ways. His thoughts becomes your thoughts. His desires is what you're striving for. And that's when your roots get deep. That's where you don't unplug from Jesus for the moment because your two hours is over and you plug into the next thing. You can go to the next one. Last verse. Back to where we started. Now this all should make sense. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. What God is saying there is not like you're dead. You just become the walking dead. You, you still move around. You got function. But you're dead. You're doing nothing. You're living without purpose. And then one, one day, sooner or later, you wake up and say, what happened? How did I get here? How did I get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. Anyway. Sorry, 30 and up. I'm sorry, if you're under 30, you missed that one. I apologize. But God is showing consistency. That's what he wants, consistency. Because if you haven't seen in verse 1, it talks about no fruit. In verse 2, it talks about fruit. And in verse number 5, it talks about much fruit. We have to... I will not settle for just fruit. I want much fruit. I want everything. I want as much money as I can have, hallelujah, and keep God number one. Every bit, every penny to the penny. Much fruit. I want to be able to give and not feel like I'm worried about what I got to pay here, what I got to pay there. But that happens after the prune takes place. But what God is saying He's not necessarily after your whole life. God just wants first place. Can you give him first place? Can we get the praise and worship team come up here? So this abiding. Abiding reduces fear. Abiding reduces stress. Abiding reduces anxiety. Abiding is where God wants us to be. He doesn't want everything. He just wants first. So, as you all know, um, or some of you may know, this week, um, the last two weeks have been quite interesting. Um, My daughter... We went to Florida, and um, we were going on an assignment. So 
my daughter had to, um, she was born premature. When she was born, she was two pounds and always had challenges with her heart, right? Two things were working against her. One, um, her function. Her function when she was born was only 20 to 25%. Area number two was the rhythm. So her heart can be at a normal steady beat. And the next thing you know, it can start going twice, two times per minute to the point where she went three days, two days where her heartbeat was over 300. And the doctor told us this may be it. So after being in the hospital for 12 weeks, um, of course, as you can expect, me and my wife going through this roller coaster, trying to figure out, is she going to come out? Eventually, she did. And for the first two and a half years of her life, she's been taking two to three medicines. And as the most anti-medicine person you may ever meet, this was probably my God testing me with my long suffering. So bringing it back to two weeks ago, we knew um, she was going to have to have heart surgery. Pretty invasive where they were going to have to take two catheters and be able to come from here and here and from Annette to get to her heart to do this procedure because her heart was misfiring. Now, the reason they didn't do it immediately because it is a very, very high-risk procedure. And the whole time, what they wanted to do is let her get to 30 pounds, and once she got there, we said, you know what, it's time to make this happen. Now, for the last two weeks, we didn't make it public because honestly, when you have people talking, it just makes me frustrated, getting your ear. And all the Lord just kept saying is just abide in me, trust me, abide in me, trust me. Don't worry about the fear, don't worry about the anxiety. And in this moment, my natural reaction would have been, oh, I'm gonna fast for 21 days, I'm not gonna eat and normally I'll be filled with worry or trying to call this person, make this Facebook post about what was gonna happen. My, my family that knew it was gonna take place kept calling me saying, are you, are you worried? She could die, did you get to say her goodbye? And it's interesting, the whole time I was just at rest. I was just at peace to the point where the morning before her surgery, I didn't even tell her goodbye because I knew I was gonna see her again. So the procedure was scheduled to take four hours and it ended up taking six. So I'm really, the only time I had a fear of worry was probably the last 15 minutes. I said, the doctor want to come and talk to you. What do you want to talk about? What, what happened? What's going on? And basically he came out and he said, this girl right here, Hope, she's a trooper. Everything went well. And from this day forward, no more medicine. From this day forward, no more restrictions on her activity. From this day forward, I don't know what happened, but we just put it in the Lord's hands. That only happens when you abide. There are so many things that are people in here, and Becky, can I get that back, that we're worried about, that we're tripping on. And God is just saying to rest in me. So the last C is the challenge. I can't just come in here and talk and just let you leave, but I have a challenge. 
Now, this challenge, I'm gonna use it lightly because this is not for everyone, but this challenge is just for those that are ready to see God move in your life. This challenge are for those that feels like a big branch and know they need to get reconnected. This challenge are for those that say, you know what? 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014, it didn't work out the way I wanted to. But 2018, I'm going to plug into the true vine. So we're in week four of the vine series. We got three more weeks to go. What I want to do is to put out a 21-day challenge for those that want to put God first. And I'm believing without a shadow of doubt that he's going to bring clarity, that he's going to bring vision, he's going to bring new direction for your life. That's not just temporary, that's not just something that we'll just do, but it'll be something that's real. So if you could, yes. So with this 21-day fast, or consecration, whatever you want to call it, you don't have to give up any food. This is just about wherever your personal relationship with God is today, I want you to increase it by 15 minutes. So if you're already giving them an hour, hour and 15. If you ain't giving them nothing, you've given them six seconds and it's just looping, I want you to give them 15 minutes and six, and six seconds. And then this time, it has to be first before you pick up your phone, before you pick and see who sent you an email, but this is about giving God our first. I want you, even if you're reading the Bible, try to get a Bible. It's weird, like, I don't even have a Bible. I got like four tablets, three cell phones, all of them have apps with the Bible, and I'm so used to just um, reading the Bible through there, but guess what? Every time a text message comes through, a new email, it distracts me. And God just told me, you're breaking your focus. This is back to the basics. And then the last part, I put soap. This is just the most basic form of just studying and reading the word. Not just reading. The soap means scripture. That means you need to read something in the Bible. I don't care if it's one verse or a whole chapter or listen. Either or, get it in you. O is for observe. Once you kind of figure out what that text is, just observe. Read it, look at it, stare at it, read it again, observe what's going on, what's kind of taking place. A is for apply. Yes, you read it, yes, you have observed it, but what does it mean for you today? And if you still can't figure it out, text the church, call somebody, and let's have some dialogue, some connection about something that really matters versus, did you see the last episode of Scandal? No, let's talk about the Bible. And then P, we gotta pray. Now, some of us only do six second prayers. Some of us pray with a monologue. It's only you talking. The, the 15 minutes that we're adding is not necessarily more for you to do more, but just to rest and abide and be able to sit still and see what God wants to do with you. Papa John, can I get like um, 10 or 15 pins? I know there's a bunch right there. So with this 21 day challenge, we're gonna do it three ways. With the altar call, I got three appeals. One is for those that have never been connected 
which is the red sticky note. If you've never been connected to God, if you've never made a personal confession to him to make him Lord over your life, and you want to make a connection today to say from this day forward, I choose to follow him. Get the pink note. Write your name on it. Stick it on a tree. That's confession. Turquoise, green, something like that. This is for those that just got out of the season I've been in, a season of frustration, a season of, if this is it, you might as well take me away. This is for those that are still confused and saying, God, I've been serving you, but I don't see any fruit. These are for those that are looking like this and say, I need some more nourishment. Obviously, the sap is not getting to my branch because we're looking a little bit rough. If that's you, you take the green one, write your name, put it on a tree. Yep, thank you. Look at that. And then here's the last one. This is for those that are willing to take the challenge. This is something I'm signing up for. Because I let between ministry, life, family, everything going on, that I'll get through the day and say, oh man, I did all of this for the church. And God said, he ain't talk to me. This is for the incrementals. Or it's just those that I missed a day. I didn't pray enough. I was in it this week just because the fact of I knew I had to preach. <laughs> but on other weeks, I've been slipping. But for 21 days, I'm going to boost that up. I'm going to hit it 21 days. At the minimum, I'm going to do 15 minutes before I pick up my phone, before I check my calendar, before I look at my text messages, before I go check on my baby. I'm going to set up a time. I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to make sure it happens. And that's what this pad is for. And together, collectively, as we get to see the great I am move, which also means in the Hebrew, I shall be what I need you to be, I'm believing God to make that happen for you. So, if everyone could stand to their feet, we're going to sing the song called Wrap Me in Your Arms. And that's what all abiding is about. Thank you. Abiding is just about getting wrapped in your arms. Abiding is about being wrapped in his presence. Abiding is about keeping the main thing the main thing. So at this moment, no pressure for anyone. If multiple stickers apply to you, fill them all out. You're going to put everyone on shame, and we're going to believe, and I want to hear testimonies about what God has done because we're connected to the true vine. I'm believing God for fruit, fruit that will remain, fruit will last, fruit that will change your life forever. So dear Heavenly Father, as we get ready to allow those that come up to take the challenge, allow those to reconnect with you, allow those to be able to clean, I pray that this word will just penetrate their heart, Lord. You know right where they are. I know your word says that the best is yet to come for them. I know your word says that we shall be the head and not the tail. I know your word says that we should be above and not believe. And Lord, we refuse to settle for anything less. Lord, we refuse to get connected with entertainment through education. But Lord, we want to put you first. So Lord, for those that are in here that needs to reconnect, those that are in here that need to be cleansed, those that are in here that needs to get their character transformed, and then those that are in here that are willing to commit, commit to you. Commit to you first. 
Lord, I pray that you just touch each and every individual in here. Lord, we thank you that the best is yet to come for diverse city. And Lord, we pray that in this season for the next 21 days, that we decrease. Thank you for joining us and we hope this message blessed you. 